You're listening to a podcast from Blogging Heads TV. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Is that Nancy? Is that the this Nancy is, doll? This is the Nancy doll. She's back. That's not. That's the small one, not the uh, inflatable life-size one. No, that, no, I, I keep right? that for special occasions. But yeah, I know <laughs> you do. The uh, uh, she's back, and I have a roundabout way of of getting back to her. I uh, I, I'm always one for like uh, you know, switching candidates in midstream. So in the during the Dukakis. Uh, campaign at the very end when he was obviously going to lose. I this is 1988 right, for those I, of you I, who were. I born. called on him to 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 drop out of the race and let Lloyd Benson take over. So Biden is at a very low ebb now. Uh, you know it's it's a you know uh, mm-hmm. if 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 you were the stock market you would say buy now because you're supposed to buy at the moment of absolute abject terror. When everything seems to so be so, you think he should down. step aside and have the the young and vibrant Nancy Pelosi well, take his Looking place at people it. in the chain of command or the chain of succession, Bob, yeah. uh, Pelosi is the next one who you would want in the Oval Office. Now, saying she'd be fine for like to let Biden. So, so Biden quits uh, somehow, gets Kamala Harris to step aside, and uh, Pelosi takes over, and Biden gets lauded for getting rid of Trump. And doing these two or three things, and uh, mm-hmm. Pelosi gets to gets saddled with the massive electoral loss, massive election loss in the midterms. <laughs> Let her clean it up; she's retiring anyway. Uh, uh, so I don't know. It it it, it makes a certain amount of sense. Uh, probably completely insane, but um, <laughs> it's the nuttiest idea I've ever heard. I mean, look. Well, first of all, wait, wait. How does this work? Now, is she victory. number three in line? It's the Aiken strategy. Is she number three? In- in the line of succession, is she right after? She's right Kamala? after Kabbalah, yeah. So wait, what? What exactly you're proposing? Is he saying? Is he designating her as someone who will take his place on the ticket? If so, why confine it to somebody who's in the line no, of succession? No, no. I think. Well, here's the thing. I looked at his his speech. He gave a little talk, uh, uh, urging people to uh, to take the vaccine, and and I yeah. I came around to your point of view. Not that he's out of it, but he is completely incapable of persuading anybody at this point. At least in that speech, he was sleepwalking. He barely moved his face. He talked like this, and everybody should get the vaccine. Really, get the vaccine. I'm telling you people, get the vaccine. And it was like, that's a basic function of his office, which he is unable to perform. So uh, not the 25th Amendment, but short of the 25th Amendment, maybe... uh, 24.5. Jill could could say, you know, I'd, I'd rather be with him and in these waning years and uh and he would just step aside for health reasons and declare victory. Well right, but but the big I mean, first of all, if he's gonna step aside and they're gonna designate a replacement again, why confine it to the line of succession? Why not get somebody younger th- than could, like nine? Because this is somebody to actually take over the office right now. This is oh, not right somebody now. to run run for president. So how does next and time. how do we, and what and what do we do? Kidnap Kamala? How do well, we get a, how do we get her out of the picture? That's a tougher one. But uh uh um there must be yeah there must be some I, I'm way not to sure get you her thought this through. There must be <laughs> just, some way to get her to take one for the team. Uh I'm not sure you've thought this, this through. There's this minor scandal that I think is lurking in in her her now you're talking. Her, Let's hear it. Too minor. But um, no, 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 no such thing, Mickey. 
There's not nothing is beneath our podcast. That's our whole brand. No, nothing is beneath nothing. the paradrome. This podcast has. Okay, so are we going to save that for the I'll parrot room? I'll save that in the parrot room. But this, this, this podcast. Speaking of which, I got a great parrot room business model idea. I want to run by you once we talk about COVID, which we will get to. But uh, it seems to me on this thing, the uh, the, the I was thinking like, who will tell? Is it who will tell Joe or who will tell Jill? I mean, who is going to send the message that he needs to step aside? And you know who the candidate is? You know who the obvious person is? Hillary. Now who? Obama. Obama. Obama is the reason he's in the White House anyway, not well, only because he made him vice Obama, president, but because he intervened at that crucial moment in the primaries. But Ob- Obama intervened at the crucial moment in the primaries? I thought Clyburn intervened at the crucial moment. Of the primaries. No, I think Obama made phone calls and swung the momentum. I, I, uh, Obama may have even called Clyburn. I, I, I forget, but Obama was playing some like, yeah. you know. Yeah. But uh, keep in mind, he, it's Obama who screwed him over in 2016 because- you know, he might have beaten Trump. Hillary was a terrible candidate and Obama anointed Hillary and pushed Biden aside. Biden That's does not true. forget that. And he's not about to take advice from Obama to get out of the race. To, well, I mean, the, so, so the but the so the two big questions are Jimmy who Carter. Tell Joe <laughs> who get Jimmy Carter to tell him to quit. Uh now that's true. Uh, you know, Biden you can say, you know, Joe, I know what it's like to feel like you're maybe in the twilight years. I mean, Biden has reached the Malay speech stage of his presidency, and half the time it took Carter to get there. So that's some achievement. Might just reflect the filer faster thesis. Things are going faster these days. Um, but uh, I'm ready for the Malay speech. I like I like the Malay speech. It didn't mention the word Malays, as we know. I keep forgetting that. But as, it did not, as Rick, it Hur- did not have as Rick Hertzberg points it. out, it got very good ratings. What what? And Rick wrote it. And Rick wrote it. Oh well, there you go. Did he not? <laughs> I assume so. I actually, think he did. Yes. Um, I believe he then did. Then he. Uh, but but then when Carter fired, uh, asked for the cabinet's resignations the next day, his ratings went south. But um, the speech itself, I think, it was a very Pat Cadell influenced speech. I think that's the conventional way. Could be. Anyway. Could be. Anyway, so I I don't know who would who would whisper to Biden, but uh, I, I look I, I am not I, I am not joking when I say I think this is a really something people need to focus on. J- Joe Biden running for re-election is an excellent way to wind up with Trump as president, and we need to take that seriously. Well, he's not going to. I personally think Kamala Harris running instead of Joe is a pretty good way to wind up with Trump as president. I personally he, think I agree, but I I I I I think another four years of Trump really would be a potential disaster. But um even you even me, and we should who voted for him twice. Even you say that. Right. As, you say that. I'm as, surprised that you even as bring that up. Cohen, I thought I would have to bring Aria it up. Cohen Wade is trolling me by which is the way everybody trolls me by saying I voted for Trump twice. I have a ex- You know why you know why he does that? Cuz he wants he me to come that, on his podcast. No, he wants you to just mention it. It's called culturally determined. Okay, well, he wants you to just mention it on our podcast, and it looks like he won this round, Mickey, because it did um, get mentioned. One for Arya. Uh, but um, uh, it's hard. It's actually kind of hard at this point. To, I mean, now that the Democrats' fortunes are at this low ebb, to think of uh, somebody who would actually beat Trump. Bizarrely, I no, I was, it's not. I was reading. No, it's not. Oh, who? Almost anybody. I don't think I, I look the the low ratings. For, low ratings for Biden are low ratings for Biden. Biden. Okay. 
I think that well, the, well, c- come up with somebody then. I think they're also already Chris Sir Murphy. Kavala. Chris Murphy. I, I, Chris Murphy. Just like pick a white guy. Um, there's a soundbite. Um, the uh, <laughs> well, what I mean is, I the, do think that uh, a democratic vulnerability is being seen as look. No, Cory Booker. Cory Booker. Cory Booker. I don't really approve of on foreign policy, but hey, Cory Booker's a good one. Um, I was thinking, I was reading this uh, Ryan Lizza interview with Steve Clemens, which is actually who's sort of become a Washington sort of, uh, he's sort of half party giver, half Bob Strauss. He he runs around meeting people and arranging panels and also fixes fixes things up in the meantime. So he's a fascinating guy. He knows he knows Biden pretty well, by the way. Steve yeah. And he knows he apparently knows Manchin. And he, he was recounting. Me? How Manchin negotiated with Stacey Abrams this sort of watered down election voting rights bill that he could go along with. Uh, and, and he and Stacey Abrams seem to have behaved very responsibly, as and, and Clements too. They were trying to come up with something. And, uh, you know, everybody mocked Stacey Abrams because, uh, you know, she, she had lost the race for governor of Georgia and was saying, I should be president. You should really consider me. To be president, you know what everybody said, yes, Stacey. But actually, she's one of the better Democratic candidates, it turns out, because A, she, A, I, I A agree. she's really smart, and B, she was smart enough not to show up when Biden came to her state. So that means she really wants to be governor because Biden <laughs> isn't that popular in Georgia. Uh, so, and, and you know, the only problem is on the stump, she does not show how smart she is. On the stump, she gives standard Democratic talking points. If you get her off that, She's brilliant. So uh, it's it, it well, you know, it turns the joke will be that the woman everybody ridiculed was, in fact, the best candidate for the job. She's a much better candidate than Kamala. Uh, now, is your is this scenario that she becomes governor this year and then has that on her resume in two years? Stacey Abrams? Is she That's, I hadn't thought of this. I just thought of the irony that she would be good. It'd be good if she dropped everything now and ran. Uh, I don't know. Uh my other hope on the rep- yeah, but it's a pretty thin-looking yeah. resume if she hasn't been governor. My other, yeah, my, I agree. My other hope is um, uh, that Trump and DeSantis are now feuding sort of openly. Uh, you know, Trump this DeSantis on the vax. Uh, DeSantis said he should have uh, spoken up more forcefully when Trump wanted to lock things down. He didn't want to lock things down, but when his government wanted to lock things down, so they're feuding. DeSantis should just run right at him. What the hell? What's DeSantis got to lose? It's not like DeSantis, it's not like Trump is going to d- destroy DeSantis for all time. Suppose Trump beats DeSantis 50 to 24 percent. It's a good showing for DeSantis. Yeah. It's, it stands him in good stead next time if Trump loses. So just go for it. Don't don't don't. Uh, it's not a suicide mission, I don't think, for him. He's so strong. Well, you don't think it would sabotage his, his uh, chances like six years down the road? Uh, to run for president? I'm thinking no. It depends. It depends well, how it crazy the MAGA base is, and do they have long memories, and do they have total loyalty to Trump, and how big they are. And I, I'm, I'm not sure they're that big. Mm-hmm. Um. So, well, I mean, they, we got to do something about the Biden Kamala problem. Both, both of those are 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 a path to four years of Trump. I personally think the. Uh, well, if if Trump if Biden doesn't run eight, eight years, eight years, right? He could he could he could what? Oh wait, what is? How does the amendment read? Can he just kind of guy just not serve or a person just not serve two consecutive terms? Or can't is it, be elected for two terms. 
So you can't. Oh, then it would just be four more they years. They don't have to be consecutive. So but wait, hey, you be elected, this is genius. You could Listen be elected. Wait a second. Obama could be elected vice president, and then the president could resign, wait. and Obama would become president for a third term. That's that that can happen. Listen to this idea. This is brilliant. It just occurred to me. Trump says he was elected last November. <laughs> well, that's two. You're done. He's You're been done. Serving. You've been elected twice. He's been... <laughs> Uh, 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 I should be on the Supreme Court. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good joke. Um, you know, there, there's this guy named James Boyd, a, a brilliant Senate staffer who wrote the rule, the ritual of wiggle, which is how to respond to a scandal, admit what is known, deny what is unknown and cry. That's one of the rules. And the other rule, the other, the other rule that I remember is at the moment of deepest, darkest disgrace, Announce for re-election. So we are now at that moment, uh, not disgrace, but despair for Biden. Uh, but he's mm-hmm. not going to, he's not going to, he may announce for re-election. He's, he's not going to run for re-election. So, so Kamala is then, wait, wait, Kamala wait, wait, is then wait, wait. Just, you don't think Biden, Kamala is then just a candidate and she'll be beaten. I, I don't worry about, I don't worry about Kamala being, you know, if Biden doesn't run, Kamala actually being nominated in 2024. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. First of all, did you just say Biden is not going to run in two years? I don't think Biden's going to run in two years. He has to pretend that he is, but he's not going to. What's the scenario? No, oh, the look, scenario is he says, I'm, 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 I'm really old and I'd like to pass the torch to a new generation. I mean, it's obvious. One, one thing about males in particular in our species is they never, they never throw in the towel. I mean, they just, they just, they just want to maintain whatever power they have forever. I mean, is rigor not only males? I mean, look at look at Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Will rigor mortis have been but, set in by by? I mean, will he speak from a completely emotional center? I I declare her reelection. I mean, he's 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 losing motor powers. Mickey, could you do that again? <laughs> no, that was really good. No. Um, the so um, the obvious question is, what is he thinking with this strategy of moving from defeat to defeat? He loses Big Back Better, Build Back Better, and then he yeah. moves on to a doomed assault on voting rights. Uh, That's already fallen. That's done. It's done. No, it hasn't done. It's not done. No, I mean it's 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 toast. It's not going to happen, right? There's no. Well, way they, they're gets... not voting until next week, so it's not. It, most people think, but he's he's not going to get filibuster reform. Most people Is think he? he's not going to get filibuster reform, so it's toast. Yes, mm-hmm. and I and I agree with them, but the only. So the only, you know, who is in charge? Is there any strategy behind this at all? It would be good if, again, if the White House opened up and showed us there was some strategy, even if a, even if even if it was a stupid strategy. Uh, I compare it to the famous South Park episode where he's mocking how the sitcom they're mocking how the sitcom Family Guy is written, and it's actually in, at 20th Century Fox. There's a big pool and manatees are swimming across the pool, pushing idea balls. And when the two ideas collide, that's their, that's their joke. The punchline and the setup joke. So uh, is Biden's strategy like, like concocted by manatees swimming in a pool and pushing balls? Who is, who is deciding this? Okay. And the only way it makes sense to me is uh, it's a, it's a gift to the democratic id. In other words, it, it, when, when when we executed allowed Saddam to be executed in in Iraq, it was it was billed as a gift to the Iraqi id. The 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 anti-Saddam forces demanded that he be 
executed. So that was like, and this is the progressive demand that they have this vote, okay? And once they're satisfied, right. once their it has been placated, then they'll come around and go for uh, Joe Manchin's watered-down Build Back Better bill, and Biden will have a victory. That's the only way it makes sense. And it still does make some sort of sense in that sense. But um, Well, I think Biden try, saying he's trying to get it makes sense in political terms. He's just got to show his base he made the effort. He can't not show his base he made the effort. Hasn't he showed them? My God. He has to actually... I mean, keep, yeah, keep, I think he, keep in mind he's making he's forcing these senators to make a vote they'd rather not take. Okay, on the filibuster, you mean? On all these things, I mean, said they'd rather not. I, I, maybe, maybe not with voting rights. Maybe they'd rather vote. That's a good point. The conventional wisdom is he's forcing them to walk the plank. And but mm-hmm. why isn't this a plank that Democrats want to walk? Good question. So listen, as long, uh, your mention of Manatees reminds me that I should encourage people to read my review of Don't Look Up on the non-zero Substack newsletter. I I, I got to say I I was I was kind of happy with it. Um, does does it involve? Have you manatees? seen Don't Look Up? It, it does. It involves. There's a celebrity who is uh, who who says she's donating a. Uh, she's played by Ariana Grande, and she says she's donating some of the proceeds of her some song to uh, a manatee reserve. Or Manatee Sanctuary, it's it's a it, it, it's a it's a it's it's you know a lot of people are sat, are satirized, including uh, celebrities who you know are are kind of flaunt their political. Manatee ideas. Sanctuary is actually a good idea. They get killed by powerboats. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, now, COVID. We should talk about COVID because I think first of the transition here is look, Biden looks like he's in trouble now, but. I do think, should the pandemic magically disappear, which isn't completely out of the question, uh, it'll he'll be in a different yeah. world. I still think a lot well, of this is pandemic fatigue. This is the this is the buy on the dip theory. I mean, B- Biden is as low as he's going to go. If he were the stock market, this is where you'd want to buy. Uh, the the co- the o- I would definitely. Yeah. The Omicron, as I you recommend say, that people definitely buy him on the betting markets, if only so that you can sell him. Yeah. like in six yeah. months, he can't. He can't get lower. Right. The Omicron virus it may recede quickly. Uh, there's a right. good article by David Wallace Wells on is it as deadly, or is it really milder? But it doesn't really matter that much if it goes away politically. If it goes away, although what does it leave in its wake? Does it leave the Delta? I don't know. Uh, second, inflation. Is le- is high, but it's less this month than last month. Uh, third, there's it the- is. I mean, it ju- it just reached the the highest you know official annual rate at the end right, of but December. But in, in the monthly years. rate, this month was lower. I mean, the, the, the statistics always it was a case okay. for the press to beat the drums of inflation. But if you actually looked at the statistics, it was slightly ambiguous. I think. Yeah, but meanwhile, China's doing big time lockdown now, and that's going to throw another kink into the right. whole thing. But Go um, ahead. I mean, plus, right. I mean, everything that caused the inflation in the first place is recurring as a result of Omicron, including people shifting right. money from services to products to goods. But and they're so shifting. But, they're going to shift back to services, Bob, and that's going to save us. They're going to they, start buying subscriptions to the parrot room and that. And, OK, and, and so the, inflation will lower. I mean, the CNN announced that it's it's. It, CNN's viewership has fallen like by 80 percent. They're now down to five hundred and forty nine thousand people. We are rivaling. We're getting there. I mean, we're you getting, are now. Well, plus, I think you're now. I think the reason shouting this is the CNN. It's you versus CNN in a death match for the audience. 
that's not the end of it. The reason CNN is falling is everyone's going to the parrot room. Yeah, right. Where where the where do you think they're going? You think they're going to Fox? They're not going to Fox. They're going to the parrot room. Okay, so I got to mention my great idea. Okay, this is we're st- we're sticking with COVID. My business model right. wrinkle is related to COVID. Okay, I, so I had I had well, I had two ahead. more points in the Biden comeback. One is okay, one is no, he pivots no, on immigration. He's just fired the hardliners. <laughs> The hardliners have if left. the next one is child care, if child tax credit, I'm leaving. No, the next okay. one is the Supreme Court uh, out, overturns Roe versus Wade and abortion becomes an issue. Anyway, that's actually a good point. Anyway, go ahead with your thing. That's those are the four four um, planks of the Biden comeback strategy. So I was thinking Omicron is going to pass so fast that I should just kind of sit it out like like zero human contact right because i can like i can get my daily exercise either jogging or biking or if it's too cold do a stationary bike in my home but then i got kind of sir crazy i mean for one thing you know well i won't get into too much detail it, it, it's easier on my body if every once in a while i swim instead of doing one of those things okay and uh so i thought uh what the hell and i also thought like wait maybe it would be good to get omicron because a, you, it might be good to upgrade your immune system. Did you read this Wall Street Journal piece ab- uh, about, uh, I mean, it's probably crazy. I don't know who these people are, but it was an anti-masking piece. And the argument was that like every once in a while, you need to upgrade your immune system. Like, eat, like okay, so there's mutation, mutation A, B, C in the virus and your initial uh, uh, immunity that you got either through vaccine or through the illness itself is still good, but then it gets then then after three more mutations you're totally out of the picture, and everybody is and so the, and so this is their argument that you know every once in a while you got to let the virus rip or something anyway. There have been I was a, thinking there have been a hundred takes on why you should not go out and get Omicron, and they're pretty convincing. Well, I wish you'd told me that a couple of days ago. Anyway, so <laughs> I I. I, I thought I, I didn't I didn't I wasn't trying to get it. OK, but I thought I could use a swim. I went to the health club. Uh, I I had to go to the pharmacy to pick up uh, a, a prescription. And on impulse, I went to a Dunkin Donuts. That was arguably not essential. But the uh, anyway. So now, two days later, I feel kind of bad. And here's the idea. OK, see what you think of this. Now, the parrot room. People know patreon.com slash parrot room. That's our, you know, little paywall thing. So here's what I do, Mickey. Right before we tape the parrot room, I take the test. I stick the things up my nose. You don't get to see that in the parrot room. That's like a $100 tier thing. And there is no $100 tier. But at the beginning of the parrot room, we actually do the reveal. Like we look at the test results and I will be seeing them for the first time too. It's like a gender reveal party where the, the pregnant mother is... Right. It's the same idea. It's a great idea. There could be really bad news in this case. But I want to see some symptoms first. I'm not seeing any symptoms. You want me to describe them? Well, well, Omicron is famously (laughs) inconsequential. Well, but yeah, but there's no drama if there's no symptoms. I want to. Well, okay. here are the symptoms. Last night, I felt really weirdly tired. So I slept. I I slept separately. I didn't sleep with my wife uh, or dogs. I don't want to give any of them COVID. Uh, I woke up with a, the, the sore throat, it was a little bit of a weird, it, I mean, there is just the sore throat you get from the dryness of the forced air heat in the winter. Right. So you have to be careful. You just get dry throat. This felt a little deeper. 
and I've had these, I don't know, slightly headachey. It's, you know, frankly, this is a cheap publicity stunt, but I had the, there's enough possibility of this that I am willing to I had, expend I, a rapid test. I on had it. exactly the same, uh, the same symptoms and I thought I had COVID and I spent $90 for a rapid test. Ugh. And of course I was negative. I hope we're not paying that much. This is this was a while ago. This was a while ago, Jesus. and I needed it like right now. And I it was a drive-through thing, and it was a total ripoff. But anyway, uh, I still think it's a good publicity stunt. But you should sn- no. We're going to do it. We're going to do you it. Should, this is going to be. You should this is sniffle gonna, a bit. Uh, see, and look, I'm I'm rubbing my oh, nose. That's because it's itchy. It, there are <laughs> little. I'm not kidding. There are little things. This is not just a publicity stunt, folks. They're awful little. Okay. Um, the. Uh, <laughs> The um, COVID is not, it's not, I mean, I mean, uh, Omicron's not as dramatic. A friend of mine got it. It's just not as dramatic as the other thing. Uh, the The concern is whether, you know, you still get, can get long COVID. Right. That was, that was one of the key points. You could also still transmit it to like other people. Well, I'm aware of that. So, yeah. Um, pro- <laughs> yeah, that's kind of putting it mildly with Omicron. You can transmit it. Yes. The whole herd immunity thing is just like gone totally out the window, right? What, you mean nobody's saying it? I thought it made a comeback. In fact, I'm I'm worried that uh, people are going to, because Omicron seems milder, that's going to give support to the the kind of herd immunity, let her rip folks. And I think one thing we should remember is one of the main reasons I think Omicron seems so mild is because so many people are vaccinated or have had the illness. And so- they're much right. less likely but, to, to be hospitalized. But we thought we were going to have herd immunity with Delta, and then Omicron came along, and it's a variant that that, that it reinfects the already infected, so the and, the and the vaccinated. So there goes herd immunity. Oh, I see what you mean. So so we'll get we'll get uh, some new strain will come along that will infect people who've already been vaccinated yeah, against but Omicron. So remember, a very strange thing seems to have happened. The other variants had been incremental upgrades. And for whatever reason, Omicron was dramatic. Some people think it evolved in a single immune compromised person, whatever. But that's not a very typical development, as I understand it. I have kind of a headache right now, Mickey, and I'm not just trying to get people to fork over money for the parrot room. You know, I would not stoop so low, but my head, you know, Um, I'm just saying. Okay, so so what about Go, go, about, go ahead. We heard about Djokovic, right? Like now he lost the last round of appeal. He made he made the, the, the things. The Australian Open starts in two days and it looks like tomorrow he has to head back to his uh, his hotel for confinement while his lawyers try a desperate appeal of this latest ruling. Uh, for some reason, I don't care about Djokovic. It's like it's like Prince Andrew in the Epstein scandal. I don't care about Prince Andrew. He's a he's a he's a. Wastrel Royal and and the hell with him. I care about, you know, is George Mitchell implicated? That would be important. Uh, so I just don't care about Djokovic. I'm sorry. If it was you Roger, really the wind if it was out of Roger, I would care. You really took the wind out of my sails. Well, then what about Boris Johnson? I don't quite understand Boris Johnson. He keep he seems to be a party guy. He likes to give parties the, that violate the COVID, well, COVID standards. That he's, I still don't understand quite why he's in trouble. The only, the best explanation, at least the most plausible one I've heard, comes from Ryan Jurdusky, which is, it's not the parties; it's that he's completely failed to 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 stop immigration. Uh, he's he's failed on a policy level, 
and and he hasn't done what what he sort of promised the voters uh, the benefits of Brexit would be. So uh, there's a little souring on Brexit too, of course. I I actually am not keeping track of that. What's the basis for the souring? Um, I'm, I mean, Britain's not doing that bad economically or anything, are they? Uh, I think they think they could do better, and uh, I forget what the basis for the souring was, but uh, probably you know individual businesses are hurt. People can't you know because they were based on exports to Europe. I don't know the the bit the free trade benefits that Johnson predicted haven't haven't materialized, something like that. I don't know. But they're saying he, he may actually be toast, right? For going to this, for it being revealed that he went to some party. I guess, I, I think he gave the party. It's not exactly the Perfumo scandal, but uh, yes. Well, no, I, I think the, well, did he give it? This is the party that was back in 2020 and they just got this email was disclosed about it or something? Or was... I, I didn't maybe figure that out. Party. I didn't figure that out. There I'm was sorry. a party in the spring of 2020 and email surfaced uh, and, and one reason that matters is because at that point, the government was issuing these very strict regulations and it turned out the government was having, you know, they were saying even outdoors, you must remain six had, feet away. And these guys were I meanwhile had, hobnobbing. I thought it was another more recent party, which would be even more insane. But no, I think that's <clears throat> the problem. On the other hand, they're getting through COVID better than we are. So I don't understand what the why people are so upset. Well, well, what's hopeful for us is, you know, they their Omicron started about a week to 10 days before ours. They seem to are their case numbers seem to have been declining for a full week now. Last couple of days, ours seem to be flattening. Now, of course, Britain's a different country, higher vax rate, smaller population, who knows? But uh, the Omicron, th- everyone is it's looking like uh, it's going to crest soon. I'm telling I you, need, Mickey. I think I may actually be sick. You need, I, I, you need I, just, a, I need a, you need a little more evidence before you could say it's flattening. I think it's it's if you squint at the at the graph, it seems to be. Flattening. It's like three or four days. It's like three. But, it's like three or four and days in, in 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 the U.S. But but Britain has clearly been headed and down. The, for there's a, a David Wallace Wells point that uh, deaths are actually rising and. We we may not uh, have the disconnect between deaths and infections to the same degree that England has it. So uh, it's possible that once again, we will be different than England. There's also a weird hospitalization discrepancy. Our hospitalization numbers have been going up during Omicron. Britain's never really went up much. Could be a difference in the way the stats are kept. Um, And so many of our hospitalizations are hospitalizations for other reasons. I mean, that's what's. Well, I was shocked I, somebody needs to statistics. get to the bottom of that. Somebody needs to get to the bottom of that. I, I, one thing I want to talk about in the parrot room is uh, talk some more about this Robert Malone appearance on Joe Rogan, because for one thing, that has stirred up various other things. Uh, Decoding the Gurus podcast just did an episode on it. A bunch of doctors wrote Spotify trying to get Rogan canceled, I guess. But let, we can talk about that. You know, people room. hate it when you uh, talk, when you tease the parrot room. Who hates it? People. People who have given people? me feedback. Um, well, are they in the parrot room? Are they paying for the parrot room? Uh, these people? I think so. Well, they're, they're they're watching this and they're annoyed in this podcast that we're promoting the parrot room. I'm just saying. They, they also complain. That, name these people. They also complain. Hey, I got a great idea. Will you name the people in no. the parrot room? They also complained about my name dropping. 
So folks, Mickey's going to name these people in the. So para I can't room. drop their names either. Um, right after we find we, out how long I have left, we still to have work. to talk about January sixth and yeah. uh, and the Supreme Court decision on the vaccines. Uh, so I think January sixth. Say about those. Okay, so sed- oh, so ahead. seditious conspiracy is the charge oh, no. that was filed against the head of the Oath Keepers, right? Right, and as as it's weird. The, 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 actually, the most clarifying thing I've read recently, bizarrely, was an article by Sidney Blumenthal in, I think it was The Guardian. Sidney Blumenthal, you mean. Yeah, and who's like a, you know, a, a, a Hillary Clinton person and is, is known for his conspiratorial bend of mind. But I don't think he's known for bullshit. Uh, I mean, he, he tends to try to get it right. And his point is that we're conf- we conflate the insurrection and the coup, okay? The coup was Bannon's plan for the triple bank shot Green Bay Packers sweep where we delay things and, uh, you know, the states reconsider their electoral slates and Pence doesn't give the okay, so it's all thrown into this n- no man's mm-hmm. land and eventually maybe the Trump electors prevail. Uh, the insurrection was the actual riot or riot plus, whatever it was, uh, at the Capitol, okay, and the two things are different, and the the right the right it's taken as itself was sort of a joke. I mean, the Oath Keepers, as Byron York points out, were riding around in golf carts. They were unarmed. They were like sending each other macho texts. They didn't even they weren't even first into the building. They really didn't do. You're saying they, you're talking about the Oath Keepers, the Oath Keepers, the the guys that were invited. Yeah. They really didn't do much of all, anything, but. As Dave Weigel pointed out, if you see it as a delaying tactic that delays things so that the Bannon's Green Bay Packers sweep can take effect, then it really does meld with the coup into one conspiracy to 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 change the who who's the head of government. Wait, how was that going to work? Were the Oath Keepers? How did they delay it? And what they delay it by by chasing Pence away and and disrupting the session of Congress, so they have to postpone it. That's how you would delay things. If you killed Pence, that would delay it even more. But um, they, uh, they, it would. Which Trump, uh, Trump's are, seems to have tried to accomplish they, with the tweet. They, but um, anyway, but you know, it, it's not inconceivable that they thought they were going to delay it. Uh, the, the people would, that went. My the take is that like but, the Proud Boys are kind of these cosplay guys, if that's the way you pronounce it. I mean, they were they were like they were dressed up. You know, uh, they all were wearing army, you know, combat gear, and, no, they, and they uh, did they have a weapon stash in some no, motel in Virginia or something? Oh, I meant the Oath Keepers. I'm I'm sorry, I meant that the Oath Keepers are are the cosplay guys. They dress up, yeah, that's they what, store weapons. Right. They're waiting for Trump to 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 declare martial law, like as if he needs them if he's right. going to declare martial People, law, right? But but meanwhile, the Proud Boys did the actual that business that is my impression. The Proud Boys. Keep in mind that the official Proud Boys v- decided not to attend this, okay? So these are like rump Proud Boys who went on their own, okay? And there was a very good video for the Washington Post of them, and they said they were going to take the Capitol. So they clearly had a plan, and they were clearly violent at the, at the place where they met the police, the barricade. They very quickly batted down the police violently, and then, then it looked peaceful after that once the police had retreated. But uh, there were only there weren't that many of them, and they weren't in formation, and they weren't wearing anything special. Okay, but but wait, but wait. I I, I think now the leader of the proud Bo- proud boys 
was not there. But I think that's because when he tried to come to Washington, there, he was in some kind of legal, legal jeopardy and he had to leave or something, right? Or right, something. but I think, but, I'm pretty sure that they, you know, from, Ga I, I from think Gavin McGinnis said said that they had decided not to not to attend. If you think the guys around the the proud boys around the Capitol who were non-trivial in number and consequence were there in defiance of their leadership, I think that's extremely naive. I think the leadership no, wanted plausible. I think what the leaders what the leaders said was uh what they said before Charlottesville, which is we are not going to this if you guys want to go on your own, you're on your own. But I don't. You, the I key is the, the key I, is do they? I, I think the key is do they wear their trademark Fred Perry shirts? And the answer is they no, did. No, they didn't dress up. I, I think the leadership like said that like they knew where the FBI microphone was and they said that into the microphone like, hey, we don't want you guys to go, okay? Yeah. And then they're giving hand signals. Come on, give me a break. You there don't weren't think that many. They of them. To be, I haven't seen. You don't think I they seen to be that many action. boys there. They were like forty Nikki, in the video that I. They saw. were totally consequential. There was an excellent Wall Street Journal video done almost a year ago, where the I think the that's highest the one I'm talking proud about. Boy, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. It was Wall Street Journal. Sorry. The highest ranking proud boy there whispers says something in confidence to some guy who's technically not a proud boy. That guy walks up to the cops and he that is the first breaching, I believe, of a barricade. He starts messing with the cop, starts a ruckus and and, and so on. Then there there are also uh, the, these videos. I, I think the first window broken was broken by a but there, crowd. There, boy. I, I could see that the Proud Boys that are there might have been violent. I, I not, don't think there were hundreds and hundreds of them. I think there were 50 of them. No, there weren't. There were only about 15. But but the point is, I have heard yeah. like there was somewhere I heard some reporter who actually kept track of this saying uh, it's possible that if the Proud Boys hadn't been there, the lines never none of this would have happened. And I think if you, if look, you look at, at that evidence, video, that that's conceivable. If you look at that video, right. That well, plausible. that's my point. Well, it, well, if they were the difference between James and there's thousands of not, there, there, there are many, many people in the Proud Boys and 15 of them show up and are violent. That doesn't seem to indicate that the, the, that the leadership said, okay, you can go. There's a tiny fraction went, and they were the most violent faction, not surprisingly. I so, think it was a very smart move by them uh, to maintain it was also a smart move. It was also a smart move. Anyway, the, um, the point is, even if in the Weigel theory, the delay of the insurrection served the purposes of the larger ban and coup, it was crazy to think uh, it was crazy to think that the insurrection itself was going to topple the government. But if it delayed things for the ban and coup, maybe it conceivably might have. It's not clear mm -hmm. that the Oath Keepers knew that. They didn't really know the ban and coup was going on. So if you're going to right. charge them with wanting to overthrow the government, you sort of got to prove that they knew about that. And it's I sort of believe that Bannon knew that there might be violence and it might help his strategy. But there's no evidence as far as I can see that Trump knew unless we get that phone call between Trump and Bannon. So the, the, it was interesting to, to separate the two and show how they'd work together, but you also got to show that the various parties knew that they were going to work together. And the only guy you can make that charge of sort of completely plausibly is Bannon. And it's not even clear that he knew, he had thought through that, the well, we have this riot and the riot delays things and that helps the Green Bay sweep. I mean, all his efforts seem to be to get Pence to delay things. Well, yeah, until midnight the night before, that was their hope. And, uh, you know, remember, they were trying to get 
Pence to let Rudy Giuliani visit him like at midnight or something at his house and talk him into it. Uh, but look, Bannon is smart enough both to have known that stuff could get out of control at the Capitol. He was certainly sending signals that could have that effect. And he's also smart enough not to have made the signals explicit. Uh, and uh, but I don't I doubt, you know, I doubt they've got anything on him legally in that regard. But, right. But the most the more important thing is Trump. Is do they have anything on Trump legally? And I, I I was reading what I think is the statute for uh uh sedition uh, uh in, seditious conspiracy is the charge. Yeah, but that's the charge of the but the oath keeper. There was this was some this is either the, the statute for uh sedition or for insurrection. Uh and it said one of the grounds was you know, if you incite you know an attempt to take over the government. Or you set on foot, uh, set on foot, uh, you know, a a, a a attempt to overthrow the government. Now, set on foot is interesting because it doesn't seem to require incitement. You just set it on foot and it doesn't require follow through. You just set it on foot and walk away. And that conceivably, that's the closest thing to anything you could charge Trump with. He set it on foot. Uh, so I'm not ruling it out. And I may yeah. have read it may have been an outdated version of the statute because you don't really see words phrases like set on foot in, in modern day language. But uh it, I, you know, it, I other than that, the, the you know, the attempts to nail Trump are they're gonna have to have more evidence than they have now. No, uh yeah, I think they will, and I and I and I doubt I mean I think they do, and I doubt they ever will. But but there is I am reminded of that moment in the debate where Joe Biden said, will you tell the Proud Boys to stand down? And Trump said, Proud Boys, stand back and stand by. And stand by means await further instructions. That's what it means in the military and, and anywhere else, pretty much. And and I'm not, I leave aside what he meant, it, uh, although it was a very quick, spontaneous formulation that, has, that is interesting in structure. But what I think is that, both the the uh, oath keepers and at least those proud boys who showed up, I think they took him seriously. Maybe they would have been there anyway, done what they did anyway. But I I gotta think that reinforced their sense that okay, this is the moment. Certainly, the oath keepers were literally waiting for a signal from him. But on if you January look, 6th. if you if you read their 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 text, uh, you know, text messages, they they get pissed at Trump. They say Trump has whipped out. He's betrayed us. Yeah, because they wanted the signal. Right. They thought he was going to say, "Okay, you've been standing by." Or now they move. thought he was going to get Pence to 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 flip or something. Or they thought he had a plan. Right. I, I don't. I, I'm. I'm sure he. I'm sure Trump would. I guess. I guess Trump would like the idea that he has these militias at his beck and call. Pretty pathetic since the militias aren't very big. I mean, how 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 is is. is People are talking about a civil war. If there's a civil war against the Oath Keepers and their golf carts, it's not going to be a very long civil war. It's going to be like Tom Lehrer's version of nuclear war. Uh, uh, so long, Mom. I'm off yeah. to drop the bomb. So don't wait up for me. Well, things could get ugly, but they won't. Uh, they, they won't. I, I don't think they'll get ugly uh, in in the sense of huge armies massing against one another. Um. Um, or even small the, uh, armies massing against they'll, they'll roll it up, you know, in a day if they want. Um, well, no, but there could be a kind of 
insurgency. I mean, it, it, it's. And I think if and, and I think if Trump had won, there would be there wouldn't have been an insurgency, but there would have been resistance bombings and terrorism and things like that. I mean, people wouldn't have taken that lightly. Maybe a little, but 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 the thing about Team Blue is they don't have many guns. Uh. So what you were going to talk they don't about? Have, they uh, don't have that many it? guns now. <laughs> um. They have been known to have bombs, um, but I agree uh, Team Red has more guns. Uh, we're, I was going to talk about the, the Supreme Court's uh, decision to declare Biden's vaccine mandate uh, unconstitutional. And this, uh, it does seem to me that, you know, we have this administrative state, which is excrescence on the Constitution. Laws are supposed to be passed by Congress. Instead, Congress delegates to an agency, the ability to make laws. And so the whole field of administrative law is designed to how the fuck can we control this? This is, you know, not right. what the Constitution says. And uh, if there is a case for delegating power to the executive, it is when there's an emergency, that's a health emergency, you need quick action. And so that's not the time when the Supreme Court should bend over backwards to say, no, this delegation of power was unconstitutional. Plus, there there is a credible delegation of power there. Uh, you know, they can clearly, if there's a disease in the workplace, the OSHA can intervene, which is what happened here. And this was a disease that was in the workplace, it just it was everywhere else also. Uh, but, but why, in this case, light on this distinction? Was it a workplace disease or was it a general disease? Uh, you know, lawyers are going to make millions of dollars in the future, it's saying, is it a workplace disease or a general disease? I mean, it, it was a, it was a so stupid you decision. Saying it, you're saying they should have supported yeah. Biden's mandate? Yeah. I mean, OSHA exists to pr pr protect health in the workplace. They were acting to protect health in the workplace. It happened to have uh, repercussions elsewhere. Who cares? Uh, you know, it, it got Biden off the hook because it was going to be a recipe for disaster. And it was unwise. I don't think it was a wise thing to do. Uh, because there'd be so unwise. much resistance. But it's not right. the Supreme Court's job to say whether it was wise or not. Okay, it's the Supreme Court's job to say whether they had the power to do it. And they had the power to do it, I think. Well, that's a good take I wouldn't have expected from you. Um, and, you know, makes sense to me. I, I think the Supreme Court, you know, has obviously always been, well, for, during my lifetime, has seemed to be somewhat sensitive to political currents. And, uh, I think it could be a couple of things. It could be that, that they felt like they're on Team Red and Team Red wanted the mandate uh, uh, vetoed or whatever the term is, uh, invalidated. Uh, it could be that they were, they think of it as wise, like the country can't stand the, you know, uh, the, the, the friction See, that will ensue if this mandate goes forward. Usually I think that's true. In this case, it, 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 it's ran headlong into the, a, a whole machinery of uh, administrative law that the Federalist Society has cooked up. Uh, there, there's the major questions doctrine, which says if it's a major question, Congress has to explicitly give authority to the agency. Uh, and uh, Gorsuch wrote, a, wrote a, a concurrence where he said, even if they explicitly give power to the agency, it is uh, unconstitutional because Congress can't delegate its power. And in general, I agree, Congress shouldn't be able to outsource its power. It could say, you know, the staff of blogging heads shall make all the laws. Can't do that. Congress has to make the laws. So um, 
But it, it ran headlong into that, and, and it, you're not going to get Justice Kavanaugh to, to abandon the major questions doctrine because that he's devoted his life's work to establishing the major questions doctrine. So they were going to do that. Now they might have, you know, they might have said, uh, you know, but we do find a specific delegation here. They could have said that. I agree. I, I agree that they pay attention to politics and politics is in play at the margins, especially Roberts, who, you know, they they said it was OK for the, fe- the, the government to mandate a vaccine among federal health workers. So Roberts realizes it would be too much if they said the federal government couldn't do that. So he went over to the other side along with Kavanaugh on that one. But um, now, I, I, I tend to think that they were there was a lot of uh, internal uh, right wing legal doctrine at play here. They did give Biden a win on a smaller. That's the smaller. Issue, the small, right? That's the federal. The federal. That's the healthcare one. workforce. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, the um. So, on the international front, right. One thing is, I I I think for the first time now, in the wake of the the kind of uh, failed summit uh, between Russia and the United States. I guess it's not a summit if the leaders aren't there, but whatever that. Um, for the first time, it seems like the consensus now is Russia is going to invade Ukraine. Huh. But, Bob, we're uh, going to have a we're going to make a strong showing the United Nations against them. Um, well, no, what, what we've told them we're going to do is uh, sanction the hell out of them, plus arm the insurrection, I think. Uh, but um, it is. This is this seem I mean, more and more people are talking as if it's. Uh, for real, that I mean, they're predicting mid late February. I mean, if uh, if Russia invades Ukraine, they grab what do I do? They grab Eastern Ukraine, which is right. more sympathetic, and then as they get closer, more Russian, close, Russian speak, right? As they get closer and yeah. closer to the non-Russian parts, they start getting shot in the back by these guerrillas, and at some point they stop and say, you know, okay, we're taking this much of Ukraine, we're not taking the whole thing. What? Why is that such a horrible outcome? Well, I think, first of all, they don't have any intention of taking the whole thing. I, I don't think there's any way they send troops into Kiev. They could do some kind of bombing to just mess with their heads or something. But uh, I, I don't think any I haven't heard anybody say they think Russia is going to put troops in Kiev. There's some river that everybody thinks they won't cross. Okay. I, don't know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember the name of the river. Um, you know, in terms of what's so bad about it uh, to somebody like me, you know, I really would like to establish the norm that international law is respected and and countries don't invade. I agree that there's no, in terms of actual American interests or even the interests of our NATO allies. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's any big security threat posed by it. It's uh, it's bad. It's unfortunate. I mean, look, it didn't it didn't have to happen. Uh, I think for starters, if uh, George Bush hadn't in 2008 against the wishes of the Europeans, if he hadn't twisted their arms and gotten them to agree on this declaration that we plan to admit Ukraine and Georgia into NATO, I don't think this would uh, would in all probability be happening. I think we've I don't think NATO should have been expanded this at is, all. I don't think we should have uh, fiddled with Ukraine's election the way Victoria Newland uh, did. Um, this is George and W. So on, Bush. But what did I say? No, I just want to make sure yeah. that it's. Yeah, it is. It's, it's 2008. Yeah. It's, two th- yeah. it's 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 late in his administration. I thought I thought no. George H. W. Bush went too far. 
even though he was trying not to, you know, in terms of rubbing the Soviet. No, I mean, most of the going, most of the going too far started in the Clinton administration. I mean, in my ideal world, uh, after the Cold War, we would have said, well, maybe we can actually now finally build a world where nations respect the rule of law. We take the UN seriously. Well, George H.W. Bush came reasonably close to doing that. I mean, the Persian Gulf War had UN backing. It was a legal war. It's true that he kind of invaded uh, Panama. <laughs> I mean, snatched his leader, which was a violation of international law. But I mean, in terms of the, the, the confrontation with Russia, I think the real trouble starts in the Clinton administration, the decision to expand NATO, even the bombing of Kosovo. By the way, the, the other Bosnian intervention was a UN authorized thing. That was fine early in the Clinton administration. But the, the Kosovo bombing late was not. Uh, George W. Bush violated international law left and right, invading, you know, and stuff. Uh, and then uh, faithfully did this uh, this 2008 but, declaration. And here we are. But I mean, I mean, if suppose they stop at this river. OK, Ukraine has this independence. It's just a smaller Ukraine, but it's not like. Yeah. You know, they can elect a president and we don't have to, you know, <laughs> they they as as uh, you you seem to concede they're they're turning their attention to the west more than to the east now and so we we got an independent Ukraine that's focused more on the west and Putin gets his uh Russian speaking eastern Ukraine. Why is that just a, a terrible equilibrium? It seems like a good equilibrium. As a matter of equilibrium it's not terrible as I said. I don't think uh, U.S. interests are uh, particularly at stake in that sense, except that we have an interest in uh, uh, having a law-abiding world, and we're in no position to complain about other lawbreakers because we do it all the time. We're violating international law right now with troops in Syria, and I could, I could name a lot of other things. Um, and and we invaded Iraq, and that was illegal, and so on. So we're in no position to really complain. I just wish all of this would stop. Um, um, <laughs> uh. But I'm not willing to go to war to preserve a law-abiding world. Oh, uh, I'm not advocating uh, war. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not advocating anything like so, that. I, I'm. Uh, it, are you? But, are you against uh, sanctions? In this case, not so much. I'm against these uh, sanctions that supposedly are to help the people and wind up hurting them, as in Syria and Afghanistan and Venezuela and in Cuba. I'm against the. Uh, Sanctions it's, in Iran, but when a country does violate international law, doesn't bother me. It's so what, much. I was reading an, an article by Walter Russell Mead, uh, and it 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 was uh, actually against sanctions in Southeast Asia, which I didn't realize that a lot of a lot of our allies in Southeast Asia didn't qualify to go to the summit of democracies because we don't consider them a democracy. Some of them, some of them, we had sanctioned, uh, like. Uh, uh, Myanmar. Um, and, uh, uh, and, uh, I think even Singapore was not invited to the summit of the democracy, which is pretty hmm. unbelievable. Um, uh, Meade argues that there are three goals of our foreign policy that they conflict. And we have done a bad job of saying which we are for, which is the priority. Mm -hmm. There's containing China. There is promoting democracy and human rights. Number two. And number three is climate change, stopping uh, stopping climate change. And his argument, if we really want to contain China, we really have to cozy up to a bunch of people we don't consider democracies like Myanmar and and uh, and India. You know, there are problems with India, too. 
but we have to have India on our side if you're going to. And so his argument is that we're just incoherently trying to balance all three and it's not clear to the world that we're achieving any of them. Uh, you, you scoffed at this. Well, uh, yeah. it's true that our policy is incoherent. I mean, um, and I, so so his argument is that in order to contain China's uh, just expansion, like uh, Taiwan or whatever he considers expansion, we have to sacrifice democratic principles in terms of who our allies are. Is that well, it's thing? like it's it's like a, a reversion, I guess, to more of a Cold War posture where we right where we where we we were well, allies we're with in a order bunch to. Of- a bunch of right. dictatorships, and and we didn't make a big fuss about it because it was more important to contain right. Russia. So yes, we're, we're our, 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 our global, his basic argument is we should just decide: are we going to contain China? Or are we are we not going to contain China? But go ahead. Yeah, and so he he's he's saying give up on doc, democracy promotion. Uh, well, and, and and stop these little petty these little sort of small bore sanctions to just piss people off. Uh, who we want on our side, uh, like like Myanmar. He's talking about like like Myanmar, Singapore. So, so, yeah. I think so, I I don't know what the list is. is no, are there I, sanctions on Malaysia. I think you're. I think I mean, you're yeah. No, I think your Cold War analogy is good. I mean, we we in, in the name of a global fight on behalf of liberty, we cozied up and empowered a bunch of repressive. I'm, I'm, I'm sympathetic to that. So why why what's so terrible about that? Because China does not pose any threat. Well, I think it. It doesn't pose any threat to to our vital interests. No, um, I definitely think that uh, the uh, I mean, you know, <clears throat> there are flat real flashpoints. I'd rather they not take over Taiwan. But does that have to be a threat to America's self-interest? Well, the short answer is not if we hurry up and increase our own microchip man and making uh, capabilities. The threat, the, the, um, the threat would be that they've devised an Orwellian techno state unlike anything the world has ever seen. And if it turns out to be really productive and spread, that's really bad for humanity. Well, I don't think it will be productive. I mean, if that's our fear, we should get our shit together and try to make our own country work. But, but you know, that, that reminds that me. That means more immigration, story. Bob. That's a bad idea. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to head you off at that pass. So we we're almost an, uh, at an hour, but let me say there was a story this week that's relevant to that. One of the fears about China is, well, it'll it'll give its uh, repressive software technology to these countries and slowly encircle America in high tech authoritarian regimes. You know, you know, with with whatever. Um, this week, uh. A bunch of journalists at a magazine or some outlet in El Salvador discovered that for close to a year, uh, all of them, everything they've done with their smartphones, every picture they've taken, every conversation they've had, all of it has been monitored apparently by the El Salvador government. We don't know for sure. And El Salvador got the software from Israel. It's this Pegasus software, right? I mean, it's like if you're serious about this as a problem, have a talk, you know, with Israel. Now we had one and, and and one talk. I think, I mean, I think some pressure was put on Israel, and as a result, I think uh, the company that produces this Pegasus software said, "Well, we're going to confine it to I don't know governments and not give it to anybody else." Well, El Salvador, the El Salvador government. I'm not even sure about that. But anyway, this is just an example of how. You know, China doesn't have some kind of monopoly on repressive software. Uh, 
that, you know, if we're serious about that as a problem, we need to talk to some of our allies and not just uh, China. And we're going to need to restrict our own software exports uh, maybe more effectively than we are. But that's kind of, that's, you know, a little bit incidental, but an interesting little story. It's not reassuring that China doesn't have a monopoly on repressive software. That just makes the Orwellian threat seem worse. Right. It it means that if we're worried about the Orwellian threat, uh, you know, trying to put China in a box isn't going to head it off. A and B, probably the most effective strategy would be to show the world that an actual liberal democracy that doesn't put up with that repression. It does not fall that China is not a threat because China is the nation that's big enough to really fuck over the whole world. El Salvador is going to take over the world. I don't have to worry about that. No, no. the counterpart, the, anal- the counterpart to China here is, is this Israel company. Israel's not going to okay. take over the world. China. Well, no, but, it, but if they could, sell software to every would-be repressive regime, then it doesn't matter if China's doing it. Yes, it does, because China is like one big, huge repressive regime. That's more of a threat than a bunch of little repressive regimes. That may, they're going to fall and, and rise a and fall. A threat in what sense? The El Salvador government is not going to be last for 100 years. A Chinese autocracy, totalitarian autocracy, could conceivably last for 100 years. So a, what if it does? I mean, I don't want well, it to, it, but how does that hurt if America? If it manages to enslave Africa and large chunks of, other, uh, of Southeast Asia and a little bit of Europe— that's bad for humanity. I, I I think it's probably also bad for the United States. How does it manage to, quote, enslave them? How does it do that? Well, if you're really paranoid it, it, and you think that Viktor Orban is going to have an anschluss with China that preserves his, his uh, anti-liberal regime in power, if you're totally paranoid, which I, I'm not supposed to be, that would be bad for Europe. Yeah. Part of, they're a member of NATO. So what would happen that would be bad for America? Play this out. What happens? You've got this one country that has an alliance with China. Well, I don't know. So we do a lot happens? of trade with Europe. If half of Europe becomes authoritarian, that's bad for the United States trade. I don't know. But why would at Viktor some, Orban become point, so dependent some, on China if, as I just pointed out, he can get any so- repressive software he wants on the on the marketplace? I don't know. He but doesn't need China for that. But he has somehow felt a need to have some sort of alliance with China. The, uh, well, I, I, I mean, at look, some point, if the United States is an, isolate, an isolated island of freedom in a world of authoritarianism, seems to me that somehow becomes a little untenable. I don't know. Well, th- th- this reminds me so much of, of, of the Cold War. It's like, what if America is completely encircled? That should lead us to get a ton of people killed in Vietnam, because who knows? Well, I agree. Tomorrow I agree, it could but be, just, you know, it's just, I, it's not it's just completely crazy. Implausible. This is fucking crazy shit. It's not this completely implausible that we would want more of a buffer than the Atlantic Ocean, that we'd want also Europe to be a buffer. I don't know. We'd want the, yeah, but ideally, we'd want the whole world to be uh, inoculated against China, so China could can do what it wants, but can't do it anywhere near us. Uh, seems... Not crazy. If you want to inoculate the world from the Chinese model, make our model work. Focus on that. Make our model work. Why can't? But but those of us who want our model to be more freedom, a better life, lower GDP, don't particularly want to make our model work in that way. That's. But historically, Mickey, wars actually uh, recently have have uh, made our model less effective. I think Iraq was bad for the country. I think the Syrian intervention 
uh, helped get Trump elected. We're not talking about war. Right? We're talking about whether we should have a cold well, what war. What are you talking we about? We were talking about whether we, we have a cold war where we suck up to authoritarian governments that happen to be near China, like India and other places. Not have a war, just ignore human rights in, in, in those countries while we no, contain but, China. That's but, the argument. But I thought you were war. embracing the Walter Russell Mead model. Walter Russell Mead isn't talking about war. He's talking about sucking doesn't up. Doesn't he want to? Doesn't he? See, he's what, talking about a cold war, sucking up, sucking up to, I don't know what his position on, is on Taiwan, but he want, wants to suck up to authority. It's a Gene Kirkpatrick thing. We want to suck up to authoritarian regimes that are anti-China. Or that could be anti-China. If you mean, if you mean send them arms and shit, War is I am a red 100% against this. I'm War 100% is a red against this. No, he's talking about not sanctioning them and not saying nasty things about them. And letting well, them, I'm against sanctioning them go to our con- Letting That's them go fine. to our conferences. That's what he's talking about. Well, wait. I mean, I thought... First of all, I'm against sanctioning pretty broadly. If that's all he's saying, sure, I'd be happy. Get rid of all the sanctions. Great. I'm, I'm in heaven. Okay, well, you're on the that's same all page. He's saying. Well, no, we're not, because he probably wants, wants to keep them on Venezuela and Iran and Syria and Cuba. I don't know what he Ask wants. Him about we're, we're just, Ask him about that. We're just talking about Southeast Asia. You, the point is, you but brought in second, war, and war is a red herring. Nobody's talking about having a war. Lots of people are talking about having a war. They're talking okay. about getting involved with he Taiwan. He isn't talking about having a war. Taiwan is, a, um, I think he would say Taiwan is a difficult case. Oh, wait, there was something else I was going to say. It was going to be devastating. But uh, this fucking Omicron got my brain, you know, yeah. which which reminds me, this parrot room is really going to be a, gonna be I have a lot a, of drama. I have, a, I have what I think is a almost devastating well, contradiction I've caught you in from last week. Is that going to, were you going to talk about that in the parrot room? Well, I don't think there's time for it now, and I don't think it's that devastating, but I do want to bring it up. Okay, I want to talk about a devastating contradiction that I think I caught Robert Malone in on the Joe Rogan show. So, so two devastating, I'm writing this down, two devastating contradictions. Um, uh, a lot of people died that we haven't talked about. I think Sidney Poitier had already died when we taped last week. We just didn't talk about him. But now, Bob, is it Saget or Saget? The comedian Saget? I think it's Saget, but I'm not sure. Terry Teachout. I know. That's really sad. Did you know him? I didn't know him, but I, I mean, he, he's, we communicated a tiny bit on Twitter, and I came to, to, to find his Twitter presence a comforting presence. I mean, he, he had this. He married his longtime love. They, she died. Uh, it was very sad. He thought he he was a he um, contradicted the usual the usual view of Twitter, which is a it's a hell site of meanness. He said, "I don't know. I'm taking care of you know my dying wife, and I come to Twitter, and mm-hmm. it's actually a respite. It's actually uh, I enjoy being here. It's better than what I have in my real life, and I'm being nice to people." Uh, so he was a good presence on Twitter. I did not know him. I, di- I didn't know much about him. But but in, anyway, uh, I, I would I have questions about him uh, precisely because I didn't know anything about him. The um, uh, I want to I want to raise the question of whether um, I should uh, file a lawsuit against Andrew Sullivan for making false and damaging uh, statements about my content. No, um, the answer is think, no. There we've, I think he, we've dealt with that one. I was kidding about the lawsuit, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, we could talk about that. I have a that's that's my point. I have a, we can talk about. I that. have a hard to defend middle position since I'm still in. I'm still in suck up to Andrew mode. I know, I know. So many people are. Well, he's 
done um, a lot of good things lately. When are we going to get to so, the point where people suck up to us? Uh, never. Um, I was thinking my 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 new uh, Omicron business model might get us there. Yeah. Uh, we have the, the, um, um, uh, we have uh, uh, anyway. The, the, the Andrew thing is that's kind of. Uh, entails a discussion of the trans sports issue right uh you know right. this pen swimmer and so on um the uh we have we have then what um, else uh, we, i want i do want to talk about don't look up a little uh the movie i do think i have the the uh i think there's something to be said for my take on it we have the ruth barrett lawsuit against the atlantic which can occasion a, another Fusillade of cheap shots against the Atlantic. We have a, a, and Jeffrey another good Barry Weiss piece. Uh, uh, is that you trolling me? I am trolling you, but there was a good Barry Weiss piece about Hollywood. Uh, I'm just. Is it okay with you if I just write down Barry Weiss piece rather than good Barry Weiss sure. piece? Uh, okay. We have two more obvious problems with the coalition of the ascendant, the worst idea of the last decade. Uh, we have... Uh, Perhaps an overstatement by David Remnick saying we're suspended between democracy and authoritarianism. I don't know. Are we? Um, we'll discuss that. Uh, we have my dilemma with I, I'd like to give some money to the Salvation Army, but they seem to have gone woke. What do I do? Is there an alternative? We have Viscount Ridley on the origin of the virus. Uh, Matt Ridley? Yes. Uh, is Viscount his real title? That's what he was called in the British press. I don't even know what the word means. Sounds <laughs> uh, we have some F2 Epstein developments. Uh, perhaps we're on the verge of Jeez. naming some names. It's going to be a long parrot room. I mean, remember, I may have COVID. Let's let's. Uh, why don't we stop it here? Um, okay. Epstein. No, go ahead. I'm kidding. No such. Well, thing I have some. I have some wonky things that you won't like. Like, uh, you know, there's a compromise proposal on a child tax credit that I don't like. Of course, there's a. Uh, some new evidence on, on rising inequality, which which seems to vindicate the previously obsolete stance of my book, which was that equality is increasing throughout the entire society, not just at the okay. top. It's not just the top 1%. The entire society is like a string of taffy being pulled. Uh, I know you're Save excited about that. Save the metaphor for the pair room. It, it's the metaphors they pay for, Mickey. I know you're excited about um, that. Um, the the uh, okay. Anything uh, on I, on like pop culture? Or anything? I exhausted uh, my metaphor supply with the manatees. Uh, that was good. The, uh, that was good. There's Maya Angelou uh, getting a quarter. That seems Mickey. This is going to be like Jerry Lewis's telethon if you don't stop. Okay. And well, you asked for pop culture. Maya Angelou is not pop culture; she's culture. Well, that's the argument. We want pop culture. The argument is, is he isn't he the one who Leon Wieselter said reminded him of a cross between Raoul McEwen and Maxine Waters? <laughs> that was. I'm not I laughing think, at I think that the joke. Point, I'm laughing at the. Absurdity. I think the point was that she is pop culture, not not culture. That would be Leon. Uh, um, well, I mean, for Leon, er, and very few things qualify as truly highbrow. You know, he probably doesn't even consider our podcast highbrow, Mickey. Believe it or not. Perhaps, 
we're midwit. Is his journal is his journal finally dead? I never hear about it. No, I still get them. How it's, often do they come out? I, not getting, that's the point. You get them, but I don't hear it's about It's not it. getting more accessible to the layman. It's getting a little less. But um, Okay, so that's the final thing in the parrot room is we officially, I'm typing this down, officially declare Leon Weaseltier's journal dead. No, it's not dead. dead, I, dead, I, dead. I, I will show in the parrot room. I will have a stack of them, which I get. And it, he officially publishes good things. Every now and then he publishes a fantastic Leon's piece by James Walcott. I'm putting dead in all caps. Uh, dead. Um, so, so anyway. okay, but Mickey, really, we're going to start with the COVID test because I'm, I'm not kidding. I feel like shit. This could be, this could be for real and it would be sad. Um, I, 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 I sincerely, I would be the last person to say untrue things in an attempt to get people to go to patriot.com slash parrot room and give us money. I, I would not make any false claims. I'm serious when I say. I don't feel that great. So you have the test. I we have tests in this house. Okay. My my wife leaves nothing to chance when it comes to COVID. Believe me. I had N ninety fives before you'd ever heard of them. N ninety fives are N ninety fives. Well, I <laughs> we can discuss that in the pair. I prefer K N. the 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 ends are like they're just too much of a pain. What does the K mean? The K means you uh, that the bands go around your ears. The end means it's the same mask, but the end means both bands go over the top of your head. So it's very hard to like take it off, it, or or like just lower it or anything like that temporarily. It's just it, huh. and plus you know my hair. Now that my hair is kind of long, I don't want my hair messed up. Right. I always thought the K meant it's a cheap Korean. Imitation K no, no. <laughs> no, the masks themselves, I think, are roughly identical. They're, it's just about where the little bands they off, go. They seem awfully good. I've started to wear them now. They seem so much better than the alternative. Yeah, I was wearing one in the sauna at the health club, but apparently that wasn't enough. We'll, well see. we don't know. We'll find that out, folks. We don't we'll know. Find that out. Show us the test. Show us the test. I will. We'll okay. see you.